Welcome to the Antioch Initiative Podcast, a podcast focused on the unreached of the world and topics related to seeing the unreached discipled in Christ's kingdom. I'm your host, Caleb Gunderson, and in this episode, I'm interviewing Art Thomas, a man who has extensive experience in miracles and hearing God's voice. He's also a film producer, and today is sharing his heart on words of knowledge. Today, we're here with Art Thomas, and Art, you've had a lot of experience in the supernatural, and I know you've been around the country and around many countries, so basically, we just want to ask you, what is your experience with words of knowledge, and how has that helped in your ministry? Um, how have you impacted people through that? Yeah, I, um, I remember actually way back when I first found out that words of knowledge existed, I wanted to really understand them. I was reading all these books on spiritual gifts, and all of them had a different definition. And that really frustrated me. And I'm like, where are these guys getting these definitions from? You know, it's not in the Bible. Paul just kind of puts it in a list. And so I just kind of chalked it up to, well, words of knowledge exist because the Bible says they exist, but we can't really define them because the Bible doesn't define them. Then I was reading in John, I think it's in John 16, where Jesus, basically he describes how the Holy Spirit operates. He says, when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He'll speak only what he hears. And then he says, he will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. And I was like, if that's how the Holy Spirit operates, then Jesus just described a working definition for every spiritual gift. Like, obviously, for instance, we all have faith, um, or else we wouldn't be saved. I mean, you, you ha- it's, you're saved by grace through faith. Yet there is a gift of faith. And Paul's implication is that not everybody's walking in every gift all the time. So uh, how could that be just the same as the faith everyone has? It's got to be different. Well, if we use that working definition, then a gift of faith would be when the Holy Spirit takes Jesus's faith, makes it known to me, and suddenly I'm operating at Jesus-level faith. Um, which has happened to me a number of times throughout life. So then I'm like, okay, word of knowledge, I guess that makes sense. This would be a, uh, very literally in the Greek, a message of knowledge. And the Greek for knowledge there is uh, more accurately to, to know by experience, not just to have information in your head. It's like in the Greek context in general, even that just the Eastern context, it was like, if, you, uh, if you've read a book on carpentry, you don't know carpentry until you've actually sawed a board in half and nailed something together. You know, like you have to actually do it in order to know it. So I knew that it carried with it this idea of, of, uh, of really, truly knowing, not just, not just a fleeting piece of information, but somehow you feel like you know that information as though you had witnessed it, as though you had been there. And so it's a message of knowledge. Okay, that makes sense to me. That would be when the Holy Spirit takes something Jesus knows and makes it known to me so that I can know it the way he knows it. And, um, and once I had that definition, I kind of felt like, okay, I know what I'm looking for now, right? Um, so in ministry, I've, I've seen it come up many different ways. The very first time it happened, <clears throat> I was teaching a, a, a small group of believers about... Um, uh, like letting God heal the wounds of our past and, and, and kind of forgiving people and getting over bitterness and all that kind of stuff. And this woman at the end, she, I had never met her before that meeting. And she said, um, uh, I've got a question. I was like, okay, what is it? And of course her question wasn't a question. (laughs) It was a statement. She said, um, I've been hurt by a church and I don't know if I can ever trust Christians. 
And that's all she said. And I, I just kind of, in my spirit, I, I knew there's a question behind the statement. And, uh, and deep down, suddenly it was like I just had this intense sensation like it wasn't your fault. And I'm like, hmm, what's that about? It's not your fault. So I just said, well, well what happened to you? And she starts explaining, you know, well, somebody at my church said a lie about me. The pastor believed it. And then the pastor started gossiping and spreading the lie. And everybody believed it. And then they all, one Sunday morning, booted me out of the church and said, like, this is what's happening and you need to leave. And as she's sharing, it's like that sensation of this isn't right rose up even more in me. And so I just looked her in the eye and I said, this isn't right. And she just kind of blew it off. She's like, yeah, I know, but I know it's not, but, but this is what happened to me. How do I forgive them? And I, I was like, okay, Lord, I feel like that didn't click with her. <laughs> you know, I, I'm pretty sure that was you showing me, but, but I need something else to really help her understand that you're saying this isn't right. And so she's rambling a little more, and I just interrupted her. I said, listen, this isn't right. And she goes, yeah, but how can I know that? And as soon as she asked that question, suddenly I knew more information that I, I can't explain any other way than the Holy Spirit revealed it. And I said, because this didn't just happen, this weird, crazy thing that you just described didn't just happen to you at one church. It happened to you at three different churches. Is that true? And her jaw dropped open. She goes, how on earth do you know that? I said, because Jesus knows it. He was there and he says, this isn't right. She starts bawling. She forgives all the people at her church and, you know, the past three churches, right? And, um, and now she's like, oh, my goodness, it all lifted. Like, I feel like I can trust Christians. This is amazing. Like, so this is powerful in ministry because, uh, I mean, when you're doing pastoral type stuff, ministering to people that, you know, are trying to work through issues, the Lord can pinpoint things that he knows about their life, about their past, about their present uh, that he can reveal to you, and you can speak those things out and confirm them with the person and, and get somewhere. Um, I've had other cases where I've used this in an evangelism setting. Um, you know, I've had it, things like, you know, by any chance do you have pain in your shoulder? And yeah, I do. How, how do you know? Well, Jesus wants you to be healed, and uh, he told me. So do you want to be healed? <laughs> you know, and it's really great to go from there. Um, I had I, probably the weirdest encounter I had in a, an evangelism setting um, I was, uh, supposed to pick up my girlfriend, who's now my wife, but we were going to go on a date. And, um, when I got to the house to pick her up, she had a friend from work slash school that she also went to her university, but they worked together who was visiting with her and, oh, oh, Jen's just, she'll be leaving soon. No problem. I'm like, okay. And, um, Robin ran upstairs to, to finish getting ready and I'm standing there with this girl that I had chatted with one time very briefly small talk. I just knew who she was, really. And um, kind of saw her in the office. And I said, uh, so uh, how you doing? She's like, I'm doing great. And just then, in my physical eyes saw just what I was seeing. But in my spirit, it was as though I was seeing this angel behind her. It almost, it almost, best I can describe it is when you're a little kid and you're playing superheroes and you're imagining the bad guys and fighting them like they're in the room, but they're not actually there. But it's like I was imagining this angel, and but I, it, it felt like it was there. And then he opens up this scroll that's facing me, and I couldn't read what was on the scroll, but I just kind of drew a conclusion that 
God is saying something to me. He's delivering a message to me. And whatever comes to my mind right now, I'm just going to trust it. And so this was probably the most detailed word of knowledge I ever had in my life still to this day. This was over a decade ago. But I, um, I said, you just broke up with your boyfriend, didn't you? She's like, yeah. And I go, and it was really messy, and he was cheating on you. And, and, and I, I went into all this detail, like really specific things, how many days ago it happened, what... I mean, it was bizarre, the details. I, I look back and I'm like, wow, <laughs> that's a gift of the Spirit right there, no question. And uh, she ends up sobbing her way through this thing, gives her life to Jesus. I didn't know this, but it turns out, like I had helped plant a church about an hour from where, we, from where I lived, which was an hour and a half from where we were. And um, turns out she lived in the next city over from that church plant. So she starts coming to the church we planted. I mean, it was, it was a radical transformation that, that took place through that one simple word. Um, so yeah, there's, there's so much I've learned about, uh, how the Lord can partner with you, uh, in speaking to you in these ways. And I'm telling you, without the voice of God, uh, I would not be as effective as I've been able to be in ministry. That's great. Um, let me ask you, do you, would you find that time personally alone with God gives you more insight into people's lives or is that something that you just build up through practice or? Well, that's a great question. I mean, think of it this way. Let's, let's talk hearing God's voice in general. When I was a kid, uh, I, I can remember being at a party with lots of people, uh, like Thanksgiving or Christmas or something. I'm in another room playing and my mom is talking to somebody in like on the other side of the house and she says my name. She's talking about me and my ears pick up to it. I run in the room. What are you saying about me? And I think a lot of people have had that same experience. You, you pick up on that. Why? Because you have grown up in the quiet times with your mom as she's singing to you, saying your name, speaking to you, all that. And so that now in the busyness of a party on the other side of a house, you can recognize when she says your name. And it's the same thing with God. As we spend that quiet time with him uh, and learn to know him in the silence, then when we are in the busyness of everyday life, it's a lot easier to recognize those moments uh, when, when he's speaking. Um, I think a lot of people, you know, when I, when I travel around and preach at churches, whenever I teach on hearing God's voice, if I ask how many of you have ever heard God's voice before, you, you see like maybe a lot of churches, maybe three quarters of the room raises their hand or two thirds or something, a little over half, uh, but not everybody. To which I then say, uh, if you're a Christian, I have news for you. You have heard God's voice. Uh, John 6, to 45, Jesus said, No one comes to me unless the Father who sent me draws them, and I will raise them up at the last day. And they, you know, for it's written in the prophets, they will all be taught by God. And he says, um, uh, Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. So I say, if you had never heard God's voice, you wouldn't be a Christian. And before you start questioning your salvation, let's think about that. When you came to salvation, chances are the sky did not rip open and a big booming voice say, come follow me, right? Chances are uh, you heard the gospel at some point. You were going through a situation. Maybe it was like in the moment of hearing the gospel or in the moment of a, a sticky situation and you remembered the gospel, but something inside of you said, I need Jesus. This is right. Guess what? That was actually the father drawing you to Jesus and you were responding to the voice of God. You didn't realize it. And there's a reason. We were created to have relationship with God. 
And if you think about that, if you are created, like physically designed to have relationship with God, that means you are physiologically designed to hear his voice, which means hearing God's voice will be the most natural thing you ever experience. Instead of waiting for some big voice to boom out of heaven, instead it mostly often feels like your own thoughts. And you're left wondering, was that God, was it not? I mean, there's lots of ways he can speak, uh, visions and dreams and sensations and perceptions and feelings and all that. Like, like uh, when, when Paul was about to get on the boat to, you know, uh, uh, the prison boat, and he says, I perceive that there will be great danger and great loss to the ship and the cargo and the crew, and they blow it off. But sure enough, there's a shipwreck, and he ends up on Malta and the whole thing. Sometimes it's just a feeling. You can't even put words to it. Um, so I, I, I look at that, there's all these different ways God speaks, but at the end of the day, it's all really natural. Even in John 12, when God spoke audibly out of heaven, some people thought it was an angel and some people thought it only thundered. God likes to speak in ways that it requires a faith response from us. My best guess why, remember with Thomas, he, he said, blessed are those who have not seen and yet they believe. So there is a, a blessing that comes from believing without seeing. So God will speak as loudly as he needs to in order for you to be able to hear, but he prefers not to speak so loudly that he robs you of the blessing of believing without seeing. Mm. So he wants you to have that faith response. So when it, yeah, quiet time, reading the scripture, uh, spending that time with him, absolutely, that, that sharpens your ear to his voice. And then when you're in the busyness, whatever way he wants to speak, he can do it. But remember, it's deliberately subtle because he wants you to experience the blessing of believing without seeing. That's a great answer to that. Um, another question I want to ask you is you have produced a movie called Paid in Full. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, can you tell me a little bit about that movie and everything that was involved in it? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of funny. It started with a friend of mine who was in college, uh, his senior year, he was a film music scoring major, and he came to me and he said... Uh, hey, I, I want to make a movie about physical healing, and then my whole class has to watch a bunch of miracles happen for me to get a grade. And being an evangelist, I was like, absolutely, I'm all over that. But we had no experience, no equipment, no idea what we were doing, and the Lord just provided every step of the way. And before long, we're looking at the footage and saying, actually, this looks like a real movie. This is pretty crazy. And um, he presented to his class. They were speechless. Nobody knew what to say. Instead of critiquing, they all just kind of sat there in silence. And then uh, a year later, we, re- we released the full-length movie. And um, little by little, it started taking off. Now, what we did, we interviewed about 30 different people who are engaged in healing ministry, people who had medically verified healings. Um, and, and so the first probably two-thirds of the film is showing miracles happening And the last third of the film is asking all these people practical questions, their most practical advice for training and equipping the viewer to do the same things. How do we all walk in healing ministry? And uh, so that's that's the idea. We uh, that's now been on God TV and shown all over the world, and and has uh, we we get a string of testimonies every time it airs of people who were healed while watching the movie, which is really crazy to see. And I I'm always hearing testimonies of people who started doing healing ministry as a normal part of the Christian life because they watched that film. That's amazing. Uh, so you're coming out with another film, mm-hmm. and what's that film called? Yeah, by the time this podcast airs, it'll be out, but it's called Voice of God. And um, just like Paid in Full was showing healing ministry and then teaching how to, we've done the same thing with this film with regard to hearing God's voice. So 
Um, we split it into two one-hour episodes. The first episode is God's voice to you. So how do I hear God's voice for myself? There's a lot in there about, uh, you know, the value of scripture, um, different ways God speaks, recognizing him. And then the second episode is God's voice through you. So this is more God speaking to others through me. I mean, Paul said in 1 Corinthians 14, you may all prophesy. And, um, Joel implies, you know, he says, God's going to pour out his spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Young men will see visions. Old men will dream dreams. Even in my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And then when Peter quotes that on Pentecost, he emphasizes at the end, and they will prophesy. So it's for everybody. Um, and and this is uh, something that we want to train and equip the church in. Again, we've filmed, in this case, almost 50 people. Uh, and uh, it's, it's pretty awesome how it all came together. You'll see miracles happen. You'll see God's voice in action and, um, and get some of that practical advice from a lot of really quality people. Amazing. Yeah, just one more question I have for you. So when it comes to hearing God's voice and words of knowledge, have there ever been opportunities where you just feel like God's speaking to you and you, you need to step out or you need to approach someone? How do you go about doing that? Yeah. Uh, well, especially with the words of knowledge thing, I think there's a tendency in some circles to assume that because I think I heard God's voice, I definitely heard God's voice. And uh, that has caused some messes in history. And that is why a lot of uh, wise and loving pastors kind of recoil a little bit when it comes to uh, this sort of thing, because it's, it's caused a lot of hurt. You know, somebody says, you're going to have a child by this time next year, and there's no child, and then the person's grieving all over again. Um, there's all kinds of things that have happened like that. So one of the things to do is realize, okay, I'm growing, I'm learning, I'm practicing. And so in humility, I have to recognize that means I can miss it, uh, especially since the Lord likes to speak so subtly. So one of the things I do is uh, if I feel like the Lord's told me, you know, this person has this condition or they've got this experience from their past or whatever, I'll present it in the form of a question. Uh, That does two things. Number one, it says uh, I'm humbly coming and seeing if I'm right. And if I'm right, then we can go with it. If I'm wrong, I'm kind of off the hook. (laughs) You know, I haven't like uh, put something out there and then, nope, I heard God. This is what it is. So that's that's helpful on my part. But it's also helpful to the other person. Number two, that is um, uh, that they are now welcomed into the process of discerning. So if it's a, you know, a prophetic word, you know, if somebody comes up to you and says, the Lord says you're called to be a missionary in China and you, you're just like, uh, um, okay, he didn't tell me that, <laughs> but okay, God bless you. You know, if somebody just says that and they're like, nope, I know that's what you're called to. And then you go living your life, you know, normally because God never told you and they forever think that, uh, you know, you're running from God's call on your life because you didn't believe them. That's unhealthy. But if I'm like, I really feel that that's true, I might ask you, hey, have you ever felt like the Lord is, has been directing you toward China, like into missions in China? And um, if no, then okay, no worries. If he confirms that to you later, just remember this conversation, but no worries. Maybe I ate some bad pizza. <laughs> but if you're like, oh my goodness, everybody keeps telling me that, the Lord's had that on my heart since I was a kid, then yeah, that's a pretty powerful confirmation. So asking the question invites that person into the discernment process. And I've found that, uh, and I've, I've heard this from other people too, there's people in our movie who say it, that um, you know, it in no way cheapens the word 
to ask it in the form of a question. I've seen so many times people receive it as just, just as miraculous, just as mind-blowing when it's posed in the form of a question as if someone said, thus saith the Lord, or something like that. So we might as well do it with humility. Um, so, so that's a piece of the puzzle. Um, I've, I've definitely had times, because it's possible to miss it, I've had times when I did miss it. Um, sometimes that's salvageable. Like a, a time I was in Haiti ministering to a gang leader, and uh, you know he's trying to collect his protection money from the pastor, and uh, long story short, I walked up to him and said, do you need prayer for anything? He said, no. The pastor thought I was crazy. Like, why don't you leave? And I said, um, do you have pain in your, uh, in your ribs on the right side? I thought it was a word of knowledge. I felt it. And the, and the guy says, no. And now I'm like, oh, great. But he says, but I have pain here. And he rolls up his right shirt sleeve and shows me a through and through bullet hole wound in his right shoulder. And... Um, it, it was like a few months old. It had scarred over, but it was still giving him pain. I said, is it hurting now? He said, yes. I said, would you like the pain to stop? He said, yes. I said, watch this. And put my hand on his shoulder and, and uh, be healed in Jesus' name, test that out, and he was completely healed. And, um, you know, I've, I've seen these cases, like in that one, where I thought I had a word of knowledge. I stepped out anyway, flopped, but he, it, it still led to an encounter. I've had other cases where, you know, I'm, uh, I did this a uh, couple weeks ago. Um, I thought I had a word of knowledge for a woman at the grocery store, asked her if she had back pain. She said no. And then she goes, why do you ask? And I said, well, here's the thing. I'm a Christian. I pray for people. I just uh, sometimes I feel like God will show me when someone has a certain condition, and I've seen a lot of miracles happen that way. So that's why I asked. It's just, you know, I believe Jesus heals. I believe he paid the same price for your body as he paid for your soul, and he loves you like crazy. So I thought I'd step out. So what's the worst thing that just happened? She thought I was crazy, but she also found out Jesus loves her, and she got a little nugget of a gospel presentation. So it's all redeemable. Um, you, you don't have to worry about, um, you know, what are people going to think, because the only person whose opinion matters is God's. And when God is seeing his kids step out and give it a try, he gets excited. Even, you know, even, I'm a dad. I've got two kids. You know, when, when they were learning to walk, when they fell on their face, I didn't kick them and say, you fool, you failed, you know, you'll never learn. No, I, I was like, oh, right? And I picked them up and I dusted them off and, you know, great job, you got this, come to daddy, and, and we try again. And I, I know God is a way better father than I am. And uh, sometimes we, in our reverence for God, in our love for God, which is all good and, and belongs there, we have an unhealthy fear that makes us not want to try for feel of, fear of failure. And, um, you know, anytime, if my children's fear of dad was so much that they wouldn't try things for fear of failure, then I would probably feel like I'm failing at my fatherhood. Um, that's not the kind of reverence that God wants us to have. He wants us to be like children. That's what the kingdom of heaven belongs to. And so we need to come to a place where we say, whether I fall off the bike or not, I'm going to start pedaling and let dad run alongside me and help this thing go. And we're going to see what happens. And um, sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. And in time, through trial and error, you start to discover uh, like how God likes to speak to you, what it really does feel like. And the longer you do it, the more effective you become.